Hello everybody, I'm Ian Abernethy and this is not the latest ianabernethy.com podcast. I've got one on reinventing violence all recorded, I'm in the process of editing it so it will be out very soon. Uh, But in the meantime I'd like to share this one with you. This is a new podcast uh, from my friends uh, Zach and Oliver uh, from the US. Uh, Last time I was out in the US we met up, we chatted, we recorded the conversation. Uh, I think you'll really enjoy it. I know Zach and Oliver very well, both very enthusiastic martial artists, bright, intelligent, articulate people, and I'm so glad that they've decided to do a, um, a regular podcast. So I, if you like my stuff, you should like what they're going to do, and I just think it's, it's a wonderful thing about the internet age, that there's so many uh, good resources out there. So I say I'm putting this one out by my feed, but I hope that you'll th- uh, subscribe directly to Zach and Oliver's podcast as well. It's called the Seek What They Sought podcast, (laughs) which again, that should tell you all you need to know, okay? This isn't about dogmatic tradition, this is about uh, making the uh, traditional arts relevant and and functional in the modern day, so it's right up your street. So that's enough from me, I'll I'll hand you over to the the main podcast, again, this one will appear in my feed, but be sure to subscribe to their podcast directly, so you get all future episodes going forward as well, okay? I'll be back with my own podcast soon. Take care, bye. I'm Zach Kowalski. I'm Oliver Martinez. Welcome to Seek What They Sought, a podcast about martial arts and the people that make them great. This last weekend, we had an opportunity to sit with Ian Abernathy, who's a sixth don in the British Combat Association and the British Karate Association. He's also the chief international instructor of the World Combat Association. He was gracious enough to uh, have a seat at my kitchen table, have a little coffee with us, and um, let us interview him, ask him a variety of different questions. Uh, he's an incredibly experienced martial artist, specializing in uh, the study of bunkai, the application of karate. So we uh, hope you enjoy. Thank you. This is our very first uh, interview that we've had with uh, another martial artist that we admire. So we've got Ian Abernathy here. Um, he was been in Texas all weekend doing a workshop uh, here in Keller. So he's been kind enough to sit down and have a little coffee with us and discuss um some questions that he has not been fed beforehand, so it should be a very interesting, uh, or it might be, I don't know, it might be awful. Yeah. We'll we're going we're gonna to give it a check. Yeah. So our, our first question, we'll go ahead and get to it. Our first question, um, I want to give it a, I want to preface it a little bit. Um, the term karate has got an immediate, it immediately evokes an image, an mm. idea if you say it, but one of the things you've been doing for the past few years is dispelling the myth of what people think karate is and yeah. kind of taking it back to its roots. So if you had to start from the ground up, you have someone come in who's never heard the term karate. In your own words, how do you how do you set the tone? How do you describe karate? Yeah, as to what it, what it would mean to me. What does it mean to you? Yeah, no, I, I, I would describe, for, and, and I think there's a, a guy in the UK called Gavin Mulholland, like a friend of mine, and he has this idea that karate as a term is now like athletics, that it covers a whole range of related topics. So you could say, oh, I do athletics. Well, are you a marathon runner or a shot putter? Mm-hmm. And you can be any of those and it's still been. So when I'm talking about karate, I'm, what is it to me rather than to everyone else? But I, I, I would say it's a, a civilian-based system 
originating in the island of Okinawa. That's what I would call it. a civilian-based self-defense system originating in the islands of Okinawa. Because since then, it's, it's kind of evolved and moved and, and, and progressed from there. But that's what I would begin with. But I don't own the term, so I'd have no problem with uh, other people because they do sport karate or they do points karate or they'll do things that are like um, uh, pure athleticism with no combative function. And if they want to use the term, that's fine. One interesting aside is I did consider at one point, I wondered if the term karate was lost. So it's got so much baggage now that we should just abandon that and start calling it something else. Go like Todier or go back to an old kind of phrase for it, you see. But that's what it is to me. It's a civilian self-defense based system that originated on the islands of Okinawa. That's what I would I would call it as. So then is your inclination then to regain the meaning of the word or do you still uh, flirt with the idea of maybe... Maybe changing, what, calling what you do something else. Well, well I, I, I try and prefix and, and suffix my way around that problem. <laughs> so so um, the, the term, my club, for example, we call it Jisen Karate, meaning, meaning you know, like real fighting karate, so people have a better idea of, of what it is we're doing. And I hear people use terms like uh, practical karate or karate for self-defense and sport karate. So I think that's the way to go, to be quite honest, is to, is to acknowledge that that term is one we can all legitimately lay claim to. But we need to um, uh, prefix or suffix our way to make sure it's clear what we're, we're talking about. Because the danger is, as you say, the general public don't get that. To them, there's one karate and it's the same thing. So I think part of our job is to educate people to say, no, there's lots of different types, like athletics. Mm-hmm. Do you, you want to do athletics? Great. Track, field. Do you want to be a shot putter? Do you want to be a hurdler? What is it you want to do? And then you get the right kind of karate that's that's, that's right for you. So I, I would keep the term. Mm-hmm. Uh, now my view is I'll just prefix and suffix my way around that problem here. Yeah. yeah, when I when I first uh, found out they used that term just and I, I looked it up and I was incredibly jealous that I did not grab it first. <laughs> <laughs> I was very upset by it. There's, there's an interesting one on that one because it, it, it seems right for what, what I use. But uh, Furukoshi in Karate Do My Way of Life... Uh, uh, has a little paragraph how he hates people using that term. Oh, really? Yeah, so so this is where one where me and Funakoshi would be at odds. You Did know you feel I mean? it was redundant? Like he was saying that karate, some karate is not he, he, for well, real combat? No, well, well, again, I think for, for his time, of course, what he's trying to do is he's trying to emphasize that karate is a noble martial art. It's like judo, it's like kendo. It develops strong minds and strong bodies. So if you got, no, no, it's just, it's real combat. It, it, it's kind of creating the, the impression he doesn't want for the art. Now, things have moved on, I would suggest, so we can't avoid doing that if we want to make it clear that we're self-defense. But the term, interestingly enough, is one that Funakoshi would be uh, opposed to. You know, yeah. so. well, you put it in context of the time, and if they were sitting there you know, beating each other up and being all combative, then mm. they were going to have a whole lot of people staring down at them saying, hey now, <laughs> let's back up a second, guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So that makes a lot of sense. So then, is Jisun then? Do you use that to describe yours? Are you Jisun Ru, or is that, a, is that no? Just, that's just the, those, like it's 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 the, the styles thing. I I don't I I know it's karate. I have no idea what style it is anymore. Mm-hmm. And, and again, this is one where me and Funakoshi would agree. Funakoshi said that all styles won, mm-hmm. and he wanted to see it being won. So I, I also like. Uh, I'm a martial artist first. I'm a karate second, and any notion of style comes well down that list. Mm-hmm. It's kind of third. Um, so I, my my origins were in Wado. What I do now is not Wado, and we haven't put a label on it. Nor do I want to, because I think one of the troubles is once once you give something a firm label, it's fixed. 
So w- one thing where I've been lucky, I've added teachers that have encouraged me to grow and explore and make karate mine. Well, I want to make sure my students do exactly the same thing. So I don't want Ian Rue to ever exist. <laughs> so if I kind of go, this is a fixed label to define what we do, that limits the growth. So um, the, 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 the full title of the club is Abernethy Jishin Karate Do. Right, so there's Abernethy mean, and this is Ian's, you know what I mean? So when my students start theirs, they put their own name on. Like you used to do with Katna Matsumura no Rohai and Itosu no Rohai, and this one, it's the cat, the cat, so it's my karate. The Jishin infers it's for real combat, the karate is the empty hand bit, and I do like the Do at the end because I do believe in the. Um, the physical challenge and the things so I've tried to encapsulate everything and everyone's aware that you know, when my students go on to teach the Abernethy bit will be dropped and there'll be whatever their name is just in Karate Do because it's their take on it so that, that's the way we've tried to get it I mean there's other approaches too I don't say but that seems to work well for us and me and my students kind of like that model it works for us okay yeah I, I really like that because we've had this conversation over the weekend about um, how how difficult the question of well what kind of karate do you do or what style or where do you hail from and with YouTube and the, the martial arts world getting so much smaller it can that question is increasingly difficult to answer yeah and uh, I, I really like that that approach to it um, well it's a good thing it just it, 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 it opens it up to everybody um, it, it, it avoids limitation it helps us avoid any kind of dogma that's not how our style does it you know I, I believe that everyone should try and seek the most efficient way of doing it you know, so if somebody shows me something that's good, I'm I'm taking it. I'm not going to go. That's not my style. You know. Do you feel there are any positive aspects to sell? Well, I mean, personally, I like having conversations with people that do things differently mm. than me. I like seeing other approaches to often the same material. Um, but do you think that that same kind of um, that same kind of mind for exchanging information will exist once this is all? Oh yeah, I think, yeah. I, th- I think so. I mean, the the, the, the positives you know, kind of playing devil's advocate. The positives of style is it means you have a defined way of doing certain things. So you don't get like a, a free-for-all on forms. You know, sort of go, okay, this is the katana, this is the way that we do it. And uh, you demand a level of precision because your style has a very fixed uh, datum, if you like. It has a fixed way of this is the way the form should be done. That, that can be useful. The, the problem is as well is that it can also limit innovation and it can limit kind of progress so I, I think the balance is that we as individual groups we've all got our fixed things but we acknowledge that there's no need for this club down the road to have exactly the same fixed things as, as, as we do so there's no need to have like okay this is the way that you know every single practitioner who hails from the Shotokan line must do the cutter in exactly the same way and the fact is that already happens whether people want to admit it or not there's a thousand different Shotokans there's a thousand mm-hmm. different Wados there's lots of these little um, variants are, are already there so the positive is that you've got, got a set fixed way of doing things but I don't think you need that globally I think each individual club or dojo can have that you know mm-hmm. we have our hand here the club down the road has their hand an inch lower when it comes to the precision of the form it doesn't matter so long as where they've defined where the position should be that's the position that you're you start going. I really like the way they do that I wish we could do that no, yeah, but that, I can't because that's, that's not the style and, and you see that sometimes as well I mean I've, I've shown people things where they go I really like that um, but we can't do that because that's not our style. Well, my thing is, I, I go back to what the old masters did. If they saw something, that they, they took it. The, 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 that's how our styles came to exist in the first place. Mm-hmm. So they went, if that works, I'm having it. And I think if we go back to that measure by effect thing, I think it'll benefit karate a lot, I think. Do you think they were more open-minded um, 
because of a cultural aspect, or do you think it was because what they were doing had to work? So uh, that- I'm sure it's both. I mean, one, one is if, if you're seeking practical objectives, then dogma gets in the way of that, so it gets gone. But again, Funakoshi said he's talking about how he trained with Itosu and Funakoshi um, um, Azato. And he said that they suffered, suffered no petty jealousy of one another. And he said that they would send me out to find the, the masters and the techniques at which they excelled. And he said, you know, that nowadays, he, sadly, he sees people being more isolationist and not letting students do that. So in Funakoshi's day, that's what you did. You said, okay, I don't have this particular skill set, but this master down the road can really help you with that. And, and if you've got your students' best interests at heart, that's what you should do. You know, so if I had a student that says, you know, I like the throwing that we do here, Ian, but I want to be an excellent thrower, well, okay, I know some really good judo guys. And it would be a disservice to my students to go, no, 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 you stay here. That's all about the instructor's ego or the empire is trying to build. It's not beneficial for the, the students, I think. So. Well, it kind of reminds me of, I, w- I was reading about Sakagawa and Kishanku, the, the man the, mm. from, from China that we, that we hear about in books and... Sakagawa runs into Kishanku, goes back to his teacher at the time, whose yeah. name escapes me, Pichin, tells him who... Yeah, yeah. Pichin Takahara. Yeah, 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 so he goes back to Takahara and tells him who he just talked to, and he says, go, go <laughs> When he goes home, come back and we'll keep doing what we're doing. Yeah, yeah. But while he's here, you need to go talk to him. He's, he's, he's incredible. Yeah, yeah. And so that's... So you published your first book in 2000, and that was... Throwing for strikers, right? No, that, that no. was the karate's grappling methods was the okay. first book, and that was in okay. two thousand. Yeah. Okay. yeah, and so you've been you've been on the scene for just seventeen years now, kind of globally, and obviously you weren't when you first published it. Mm. You weren't touring like you are now, um, but in that time period, how have you seen karate change? Yeah, I, um, one thing I'll, I'll just lay out from the front. I obviously have a skewed view of it mm-hmm. because I, I move in the circles that I move in. So I maybe don't get the global picture in the way that I don't think anybody can really, you know. But so, but but I I have, I have definitely seen a, a wide scale movement back towards pragmatism, and and I can tell that one thing I can observe that is so I, I write that first book and it smells it sells in very small numbers. I'm doing that via mail order, you know what I mean, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. I'm getting one or two seminar requests. Now I can't keep up with the seminar requests I get. Um, I, I am not an oddity. There's lots of people like me doing really good stuff and getting a good following from doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. So what that tells me is the desire for this kind of karate is is, is high. And, and you can see anybody, you know, you can go on it, like, you know, there's loads of really good YouTube channels, loads of really good books and material out there, but anyone who's doing this, they have a high following. And so that tells me that the, the demand is there, I think. Um, so definitely a strong move towards kind of pragmatism. I've seen the style thing that we've just been talking about. I personally have seen that start dissolve a little bit. And uh, I maybe wouldn't have said this 10 years ago, but I think in 15, 20 years, styles will be less and less important. Like, so what we had to do, you know, over the weekend, we had a group of people training together and all from different styles and backgrounds, but we're karateka first and foremost. We have little nuances in the way we do kata differently. But that, that, that commonality and that being less divisive, I think, is uh, is a big thing. And I think also, you know, I, I, I it, maybe moving a little bit offline, but I think things like uh, people are more keen to question than they were. They won't accept dogma in the way that they did. So I think the internet's helped. Uh, MMA has helped. Um, other things, you know, in terms of educating people what functionality is, 
where in the past you could say to students, I'm telling you, this oizuki is the most lethal technique in existence and you've got nothing to kind of compare or contrast that against. Uh, students have now, so that openness and flow of information is there, which again, I think forces a kind of more pragmatic and, and more open-minded view of something's good is it's undeniably good. So I, I've seen lots of changes, but I've seen all that's been positive. Yeah. Well, you know, I, I kind of came on to the karate scene not that much longer after you, you know, it started publishing uh, your material. And I, uh, I can't say that I felt any pressure to adhere to any particular dogma mm. of a severe nature. And, you know, part of that is being surrounded by people who encourage growth. And I, I, I think you've done a lot to promote that. And uh, it, it definitely shows. So, your, t your teachers, um, talk about, uh, Peter Constantine, Jeff Thompson, mm. did they have that kind of mindset of investigating whatever was all of them did so yeah. if I was to go I mean I, you're always careful when you list teachers because you're bound to miss somebody off but first and foremost I trained with uh, Doug James I would, I, would, I would still as an eighth dan I would still regard Doug as my primary uh, instructor a very minded uh, very open minded guy if it was good it was good you know what mm -hmm. I mean you know in the dojo he had very strict standards and he wanted things done a certain way but he was open minded if I said I wanted to go and train with other people just like mm -hmm. the, I never got that no don't do that that was fine that's how I ended up training with Jeff Thompson and Peter mm -hmm. Considine because the, you know I wanted to do this and Doug yeah yeah go do that go see what they've mm -hmm. got uh, Jeff, Doug knew them anyway through independent routes but yeah yeah go and, go and study them see what they've got uh, Jeff and Peter are both uh, first and foremost it's all about function so if it works they're having it so I, I, I'm just a reflection of, of them really and um, you know I hope, I hope to kind of continue in that vein and all, you know it's one of Peter's lines which I always liked he said as soon as you try and build walls around somebody the first thing they want to do is climb those walls so like, like, which again, I know from your group, you know, I'm working with your group, you've got a very strong group that are very strongly bound together, are very loyal to one another. Uh, and that's not because there's one guy at the top trying to force you all together with, with dogma. It's, it, it, you give them that freedom, you give people that self-respect and you give them good quality martial arts and that's what binds. So that's another change I've seen is the more dogmatic martial arts associations who want that financial and political control over people, they are dwindling in number as people realise there's an alternative, you see. I always think it's an old reference, but I always think it's like the movie Logan's Run. <laughs> you know, when, when there's that, um, so there's this idea that uh, outside the walls of the city, there's nothing. And so some people feel like that in groups, and as soon as they leave the group and get outside the wall, they go, oh, wow, there's a whole community of like-minded people. It's not so bad out here. Yeah, it's not so bad out here. They're so going to kill me, because yeah, I'm 30. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, it, that's yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Great, great film, yeah. So the, the, and so I think that, again, I think it's it's... it's Martial arts generally, I think, are progressing quite nicely. I think karate is uh, it, it's starting to evolve in a very healthy way again, you know, mm -hmm. after that was stifled maybe for a, a decade or two. Yeah. So on the topic of change, so that first book comes out, it was Grappling Methods for Karate, which at the time was probably already pretty revolutionary. Yeah. I wasn't seeing, seeing a lot of that. This weekend we covered quite, uh, I wouldn't say quite a bit, but we spent a lot of time on grappling methods. Mm as it pertains to the kata. And yes. then a little bit of time on just some introductory grappling stuff. How much of what you're teaching now was in that book and how much of that has changed? Um, pretty much uh, all of what's in that book, I'm, I'm still kind of, I mean, obviously it's 17 years ago, so I've added to it, I've refined, mm -hmm. I'm, I've changed the ways I explain certain things. I've, I've got certain drills. It's like, I think it was Malcolm X's line I always liked. He said, the person who thinks the same way as they did 10 years ago has wasted 10 years. Mm -hmm. So I'm always of the view that I want to kind of 
you know keep moving forward so uh, but all of that stuff in the book is still is still very much there and still very prevalent part of the trouble with that of course is I write that book because I realise no one's written a book on the throwing and locking and joint locking side of it and part of the problem I got then was there's a book on the bunkai that's came out that people like but it's pretty much all grappling there's a little bit on striking so then people get the wrong impression thinking that the cat the cat was it's a you know it's currently suddenly a grappling system which it's not it's a percussive system it's a striking system first and foremost but it has these these grappling skills and locking skills choking strangling skills to back that striking up which is what makes it kind of complete so that's one thing that has changed if I was to if I could go back in time and redo a first mm-hmm. book, I wouldn't do the grappling methods book because <laughs> because I had to kind of undo the perception that I'd kind of created. Mm-hmm. And when I went to seminars, that's what people wanted. You know, okay, don't. Whereas, as you saw this weekend, mm-hmm. we do the locking, but we do the impacting, we do the proprioception, the locating, all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. You do it much more holistically. So, uh, kind of along that same line, given the path of karate towards a more um, a more accepting route, uh, where do you hope that ultimately ends? Or what, what, what direction would you like to see it continue? Well, well, um, well, well one thing is what I'm conscious of is like I, I'm a link in this chain, so I have no right whatsoever to tell the further links down the chain mm-hmm. what they've got to do with it. So I, I don't know where it ends, but I know where it's going to end for me, if that makes sense. So what, what I'm incredibly grateful to the past masters for is they passed on a system which has been hugely beneficial to my life in all kinds of ways, not, not just the ability to defend myself better than it was. So what, what I, I hope... Because I feel that karate got a bit weird for a few decades. It got very political. It got uh, uh, unfunctional. It got very dogmatic. It, it lost its way. It didn't really understand uh, its own kata and forms. So I hope the one thing that, that I can contribute, if I can contribute anything, is that the, the, the next generation down better understand the, the, the kata that we've got and are prepared to accept that karate should be uh, an ever-evolving and ever-growing thing. So if karate is less dogmatic, more pragmatic, and people understand the forms a lot better, then I'm happy with that as an end point for my part in the link of this chain. What they do beyond that is, is down to me. And honestly, if I could like jump forward to 200 years, I hope I would see the karate and go, I don't recognize this. You know what I mean? That, that, that would be the best, because that means, you know, I love it, it's really functional, but it doesn't look like the karate I did. And again, Funakoshi, if we go back to the old masters, Funakoshi said, you know, uh, times change, the world changes, and martial arts must change too. So we may not agree about using the term jisun, but on that thing, we really agree. Mm. So I, I, w- I would hope that it will continue to change. And maybe, you know, for my end game, my personal end game, was it's in a better position to continue to evolve and progress, you know, while still acknowledging what went before. It's, I always like that, um, I can't remember who said it, but... Uh, if I can see so far, it's because I am a, a dwarf standing on the shoulder of giants. Do you know what I mean? So I want to be a good dwarf. <laughs> you know? yeah. So um, over the weekend, anyone who's shown with you knows that there are elements. Obviously, karate makes the base, but there are also elements of, of judo pretty heavily in there. Mm. Uh, we discussed a little bit about how uh, Western boxing footwork has kind of moved in. Mm. Have there been any other systems that you have been interested in researching to kind of contribute to the holistic nature of Oh, yeah. I mean, karate. yeah, I mean, the main, anything that I see that I like, see, sometimes it's not always just a technique, it can be a training method and stuff. Mm-hmm. But my karate, uh, in terms of its influences, so obviously it's karate is the main thing. There's some Cumberland and Westmoreland wrestling in there, mm-hmm. the local wrestling art, there's some judo in there, there's some boxing in there, there's some kickboxing found its way into there. 
um, uh, lots of different bits and pieces. The cutter is the central hub that informs what I do. And then um, I uh, can use these other arts, these training methods and some of the things they do as a way of exploring the common principles that exist within the within the form, you know. So, um, and, and, and again, the old masters did that too. We forget this. You know, the karate itself is a fusion of lots of different systems. That, that, that's, that's the point. That The katas are all independent systems that we've all fused together. Kashanku never met the guy who made Nahanshi. And, you know, they're, they're all separate systems. And we gather it together and we give it the label karate. And we don't want to get it fixed. If, if like, like we said about, like, you know, boxing footwork is really good. One thing, for example, we don't see a lot of in karate yet is but boxing's head movement. Like the bobbing and weaving stuff, karate... Because it's fighting close up, tends to have a very strong posture. But for the distance side of karate, I'd like to see see that start to come in too. So they'd be the main ones for me. But I, I know I've, I've done a course, I've done seminars. I did one seminar in Russian martial arts. Mm-hmm. Never studied Russian martial arts, but you know, there's oh, that's a nice lock. Okay, that's effectively a variation on the lock we already know. I now have an extra lock to teach my students when we explore that line of the kata. So if it works, I'm having it. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, I think it's the guys over here. KarateCulture.com that they put the videos out is Okinawan Karate, the original MMA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a whole bunch of examples, so uh, it's, it's, it's it's cool to see. Well, I also, I mean, since Tribe A bumped into Tribe B, human uh-huh. beings have been fighting. It's one, yeah. you know, so that when it, 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 there's nothing new, uh-huh. weapons can change. You know, obviously, in terms of the technology of weaponry, but when you're talking about unarmed fighting, no one is going to discover anything new. So that's, you know, I know the video you mean, it's a great video, but it's got, we all headbutt, elbow, knee, throw, you know, it's all this kind of same stuff. Yeah. And I think as long as we remain objective driven, that's when, you know, all martial arts are going to be the best. Yeah. We're all more similar than we are different. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we've we said about that. I think sometimes all that separates us is the uniforms we wear. Yeah, sure. so, so, and I know I've, I've literally done this. I, I taught a seminar where I had a t-shirt on and some tracksuit bottoms. I decided to teach them trapping and I got mistaken for a Wing Chun instructor. You know what <laughs> I mean? wearing the uniform. Well, that was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's great. You know, how long have you done Wing Chun? That was karate. It was all from the Tekikatas. But, but um, again, it's, it's the same stuff. And again, that's one of Gavin's lines. You know, our, our styles are not what we do. They're how we train what we do. And, and I think that that's, mm-hmm. that's, that's the key thing. And that's why I say I'm a martial artist first. I'm a karate second, you know. So as we start kind of moving all together... You travel in the world. You've got different styles, different systems. Styles fifteen years from now go away, mm. and the things that you're teaching start to get obvious. What happens then? Where do you go from well, there? When when they're like, yeah, duh, the angles yeah. are yeah. Well, yeah. Well, I, well, I can only already see elements of that starting to happen because I, I know when I first started doing seminars, I would have to spend quite a bit of time explaining. Uh, just because it may have the label as a block now doesn't mean it was a block originally. Nobody cares about that now. It's just accepted as a truth. You still have to do quite a bit of explaining on the difference between fighting, consensual fighting, and non-consensual violence. Because with most martial artists' experience of violence is fighting each other in the dojo when they wrongly assume, oh yeah, street fight, whatever the hell that is. A street mm-hmm. fight, a street fight is uh, like that, just made bigger and harder and faster. Mm-hmm. So I still have to, but again, I'm sure we'll get to a point where people will go, oh yeah, that's obvious. Uh, but, and that's ultimately, I, I've done my job right if everything I teach is is, is um, obvious and redundant and I've got nothing more to say. <laughs> yeah. You know, if, 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 I, if I do that, then I've been good to the art that's been good to me. You know what I mean? Which is ultimately, you know, that's, that's the end game. I, w- I would like to reach that point. I would like, to, you know, if you reach the point where everybody goes, this is self-evident, then I've won. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, what I think karate should be, it, it now is, you know, so. Um, well, then personally, then where, where is your further study headed? Where, what are you looking at? Now that you know, the angle is the angle yeah, yeah. in relation. You know that there's no blocks. You know that your hands need to be moving together. Now that you've got that foundation, I mean, is it more different katas? Is it different systems? Is it different training I, methodologies, to, like you said? The, the, for someone who has a naturally fairly short attention span, this is one of the things that I, I love about uh, karate is it's, uh, there's so many facets and elements to it. So in my own training, what I tend to do is I, I set myself like, okay, this is going to be the kind of thing I want to study for the next kind of three or four months. So it may be, you know, like I'll go, okay, I really want to break down this particular form in more detail. Uh, I want to explore how other cutters do this kind of thing. I want to work on my striking. I want to work on my ground. I want to work. So I, I like to kind of cycle through things because then just I'm getting to the point where I'm a bit, okay, I've, I'm getting to be tired with this. It's getting a bit stale. I can jump onto another topic. So at the moment, the one I'm really working on is the Teki Nidan and Teki Sandan, you know, the really? Nanshi Shi. Yeah, that, that's, that's where my personal training is looking at those two forms uh, and the way they support my, my Nahanshi or Nahanshi Shodan, as people would call it, those other two versions. So that's where I am now. In, in, in a few months' time, I'll have put that to one side and I'll be on to whatever it is next. I like to feel like I'm learning. You know, mm-hmm. so if, if I'm not, I'll, I'll move on to something else. And the martial arts are just so vast and endless. I, it'll... I can't imagine there'll come a day where I go, okay, I've done it. I've done martial arts. You know, I, I've got it all. So it's time I, to start surfing. Now. Yeah, that's, oh, that's yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's just it, it'll it'll keep me busy. Yeah. Maybe to wrap up. Is there anything you wanted to plug here at the end? We go? <laughs> no. Well, look, plenty of things. I mean, I um, there's a YouTube channel people should check out if they like that stuff. Um, the app is a is, is a key thing I'd like people to check out because of uh, you know, sort of Ian Abernethy just put that into. The, Google Play or the, you know, App Store. Um, update that every week and loads of information. And the aim is, you know, I like to be as prolific as I possibly can. You know, I like to get as much stuff out as I possibly can. Um, so that if people like this kind of stuff, then it's, it's it's accessible and easy for them to pick up. So check out the website, check out the app, you know, YouTube channel, podcast as well, if they like. <laughs> so there's plenty of there that for, for people to look at, hopefully. Great. Well, Ian... The feedback has been tremendous from this weekend. We had a lot of repeat people from our first year, which was was last year. And the number one question we got is, "What's going on next year?" <laughs> so I, I sincerely hope we can we can make that happen because we love having you here. So thank you very much. For yeah, my that. pleasure. Enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Thank you. Well, I hope you enjoyed our interview with Ian Abernathy. We sure enjoyed having him sit down and talk with us, and we enjoyed the uh, entire weekend even more. Uh, it was a great three days with some great people and some some great training that took place. Going forward with the show, we'd like to talk to people who know a lot about things in the martial arts that we do not. Uh, we think that's going to be the most interesting way to um, have conversations that are worth listening to and that you guys will get something out of and that we'll get something out of. Uh, because of that, we don't really have a set release schedule. It's going to be more when... We uh, find somebody who who does know some interesting things about martial arts and uh, where their schedule meets our schedule. Uh, that may change going forward. Um, we may be able to hit a more constant release, but who knows? Um, I think that's one of the cool things about podcasting is we can we can put it up when we have something to put up for you guys. So we'll let you know when the next show goes up. Thank you so much for listening to our first episode. This has been Seek What They Sought. Remember... There are no secrets, only things you don't know yet.